time is now The place is here We come into your presence You melt away our fear We lift our lives We lift our hearts We praise you, Lord For who you are place and in the CLC and all over this campus there was something going on if you were here you are probably bleary-eyed for that if you were here for that you're probably bleary-eyed this morning if you weren't here for VBS here's just a quick peek at what went on
Well, as you can see, we had an incredible VBS week. I want to share a few numbers with you from that week just to give you an idea of what we're talking about. On our highest attendance day, there were 343 children present. There were 84 student workers. There was 144 adult volunteers to total 571 people on campus for VBS last week at our highest attendance day. But what's even more special than all of those kids getting to hear about Jesus is that 36 of them gave their heart to Jesus. Thank you. And out of that 36, we actually got to baptize 14 of them in the CLC at the Friday program. So it was just an incredible week. But what the numbers don't even share, what the video doesn't even share, is just the hearts of a couple of things that happened. So there was a third grade boy who said, I want to be a missionary. When I grew up, there was a fifth grade little girl who said, you know what? When I leave this place, I'm going to go home and share Jesus with my older sister. There was a student in middle school who shared his testimony for the first time in a public way and realized God can use me even as a teenager. There was an adult volunteer who had been isolated and home and just doing things alone for so long who said, I'm going to be there, I'm going to show up, I'm going to help at VBS. And I was so grateful that the Lord used me as a part of our huge church family in ways that only he can. So many incredible things happened in hearts and lives this past week. So I just want to pray. I just want to thank you all for the people who came, served, the people who gave, and the people who prayed. Because God did amazing things. So thank you all for that. Thank you all for showing up on this Father's Day Sunday. We're so glad you're here. My name is Heather Carlton. I'm the missions minister here. I just want to welcome you. If it's your first time here, please, we would love to get a record of your visit. You can text the number 904-441-6900. Text the word connect and that'll send you a digital connect card to be able to do that. You can also text that same word or that same number the word news and that will give you our digital bulletin. This summer it doesn't stop with VBS. We have activities all throughout the church all summer long. Make sure that you keep up with that through anastasiachurch.org slash summer. We have a summer calendar posted there and we would love for you to check it out. Again, we just want to wish all of you a happy Father's Day. We have a very special video to share with you now, if you'll turn your attention to the screen. If you're still struggling with life in the real world, you're going to love our latest home speaker device. Hey, Dad, what kind of pliers should I use on this? Uh, you should be using a wrench. Oh, do I have a wrench? You have three. Ah, Thanks, Dad. Introducing the Dad Personal Assistant, our newest smart speaker with all the character and compassion of a father. Up and at him. It's a beautiful day. Dad, it's Saturday. Yeah, it's a great day to get outside. It's 6 a.m. Well, then you better get moving before it gets any later. Designed with advanced features, the Dad PA connects to all your other smart home devices. Dad, please set the thermostat to 70 degrees. No problem. Setting the thermostat to 68 degrees. Um, no, let's keep it at 70 degrees. Sure thing. Thanks, Dad. We're going to save so much money. He syncs with your calendar to help you stay on track. Looks like you're overdue for an oil change. Oh, hey, you're right. Can you schedule one for Friday? I've already got it scheduled. Just don't miss it, okay? <laughs> okay, I won't. <laughs> Seriously, don't miss it. The Dad PA is always watching out for you. Lights on. Uh, hey, it's getting late. I think it's about time for Brad to head home. Uh, Dad? The Dad Personal Assistant includes a wealth of knowledge and opinions on a wide variety of subjects. Dad, can you help me with my taxes? Dad, do you know a good mechanic? Hey, Dad, can you tell me a joke? Sure. The joke is one billion dollars. Uh, I don't get it. That's right. And you never will. Ah, uh, nice one. <laughs> Oh, I'm hilarious. Based on God's original design, the dad personal assistant is wise, caring, faithful, and devoted. Don't worry. You've got this. You are the strongest person I know. 
You have made me so proud. You are God's child, and you don't need anyone else to complete you. Especially not Brad. <sighs> really, Dad? I'm just saying, there's other fish in the sea. Okay, wow. The Dad Personal Assistant. Always thoughtful, always dependable, and always there for you. You know, our earthly fathers, they may be worthy of respect, but there is only one who is worthy of worship. God's word tells us, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day, I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let's do just that. Let's stand together. coaching circles, there's an old saying, you don't want to be the guy who follows a legend. You want to be the guy who follows the guy who follows the legend. That's because it's awful hard to live up to expectations when the previous renowned coach won conference and national titles and was enshrined in the hearts of his players and the fan base. It's a tough act to follow. So can you imagine What might have gone through Joshua's mind when God told him that he would follow Moses as the leader of the people of Israel? I mean, Moses. 
It's, it's burning bush, Moses. It's staff turns into a serpent, Moses. It's let my people go, Moses. I mean, he's got his own spiritual. It's the plagues on Egypt, Moses. It dries up the Red Sea and marches through on dry land, Moses. It's Ten Commandments, Moses. And what was Joshua's first job as the new leader? Go into an established country and defeat nations who lived in walled cities. But with faith in God, Joshua conquered the promised land. Uh, he settled the tribes and their territories. And he encouraged the people to remain faithful to God. And just before he died, he led the people to renew their covenant with God by reminding them of their history, starting all the way back with Abraham, whom God called from serving strange gods in a foreign land to become the father of a great nation. He reminded them how God had preserved them through 400 years in Egypt, many of those years in slavery, and how he had rescued their fathers and led them through the wilderness. He recalled how God had fought their battles for them, defeating nation after nation, until they had taken possession of the land promised to them earlier, centuries earlier. And then he challenged them to remain faithful to their God who had been nothing but faithful to them. He said, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Read with me the people's reply. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. So God's leader gave God's people a stark black and white choice to make. Either worship the Lord or worship the things of the world. It's the same choice Jesus spoke of when he said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon is money and possessions and fame or status or anything that you value more than the Lord. So like those ancient Israelites, we too have a decision to make. Will God and his word shape our values and inform our choices or will the world's current fashions and fads. It's our choice. One that we can't ignore, we can't skip. We've got to make that choice. So let's stand together as we sing. Stop. 
Father, we do thank you that we can celebrate this Father's Day. We thank you that you are our Father. You're the Father God that we worship, and we do that this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the fathers that are here. We ask that you bless them this day. We ask, too, Lord, that you will bless this offering, that gifts and the tithes that are given here to this church. As we see the results of last week and the number of children that came to know Christ, and the ones that lives were changed that we don't even know of. We thank you for that. So we thank you for all of that. We give you this day, and we thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, church. It is so good to be with you today. It's been a while. I was in Ecuador on a mission trip uh, two weeks ago, and then last week I was kind of recovering from that trip. And so, but glad to be back. And you'll hear more about that later. We were discovering a new mission opportunity for Anastasia and uh, we were out doing uh, kids clubs. Uh, we're going into different rural communities and sharing the gospel uh, with kids and just a beautiful, beautiful time. Uh, one, one instant that really struck out with me is that, that struck with me was that uh, there was one little three-year-old boy, we'd go there and the first thing they do is ask, if anyone memorized the scripture verse from the previous week. And this little, we went to this small community. There was not an evangelical church in that community. And we went in there and, and one, of the, one of this three-year-old boy, he got in line with his mom. He's just sort of sitting on his mom's hip. And uh, they're getting ready to do the scripture verse. And she is coaching him every single word. And you know that not only did he learn the memory verse, but mama learned the memory verse. This is a place where there wasn't a church. And then uh, I asked the team about that and said, yes, yeah, she does that every week. As a matter of fact, this week we brought her a Bible for herself, a little preschool picture Bible so she can start teaching her child on her own. And so that made such a big difference to me. God's doing some great things in this world. God was present at Vacation Bible School. Hey, man, that was fantastic. Uh, and happy Father's Day. So I got all the prelims done, Okay. Now, uh, I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to John. And uh, in the Gospel of John, we're going to look at John uh, at the first time. Excuse me. Find the scripture I want to get to first, John 15. But before I do, uh, we're in a series called uh, You Asked For It. After Easter, we sort of had a few weeks and said, can you tell us something you want us to, to preach on? What's a topic that you would like to hear about? And so uh, you heard Pastor Sam talk about uh, the rapture of the church and the second coming. And then um, you heard us talk about mental health, depression, anxiety. These are topics that you asked about. Uh, next week, you're going to hear about the Holy Spirit. Pastor Jeremy Carlton is going to share with you about the Holy Spirit. But there are quite a few that dealt with current events of the day and uh, things like, you know, with the developments of the Supreme Court. What does the Bible say about responding to abortion? 
okay? Or um, how do we respond to people who identify as transgender? Or how should the church respond to LGBTQ issues, same-sex marriage, things like that? And so uh, let me ask you, you asked for it, okay? I asked for it. So at your request, I'm going to talk about it all. Okay, today in this message, I want to talk about abortion, same-sex marriage, transgender issues, cohabitation. Uh, and as one of you wrote in your note to me, when you put some suggestions down, you said, you asked for it, and I sure did. Uh, all these things have one thing in common. All these issues have one thing in common. The Word of God tells us one thing, and our current culture is telling us the exact opposite. And so it doesn't matter what the issue, the way we respond to it is, is the same. For instance, abortion. Uh, abortion. We know from Jeremiah chapter 1 and Jeremiah 1, 5, it says that God knows us before he forms us in the womb. He knows us then. And in Psalm 139, the Bible informs us that in the womb, God is active. That's part of his creative nature. And we're partnering with God in creation in the womb. And we know from Exodus chapter 21 that when a baby in the womb is killed, that the same penalty of death is given to the person that perpetrated the killing as though that person had already been born. So we know that, that for the Bible, abortion is really the matter of taking a human life. Okay? Uh, according to the Pew Center of research. This is a, a poll that came out in June of 2022, this month. It said 61% of U.S. adults say abortion should be legal in all or most cases. In all or most. This is, our, this is our culture. Not just for rape and incest, but for all cases, in almost all cases, most Americans believe that abortion should be legal. And I get it, okay? I get it. I'm not stupid and I'm not tone deaf. I get it. I get it that women... Um, uh, that, that they are bearing the brunt of this. And, and when they speak about women's rights and, and reproductive rights, I get that there's a heartfelt uh, cry there. And I'm listening about that and how, how women unfairly get saddled with the physical, emotional, and financial toll when an unplanned pregnancy occurs. And my heart goes out to that situation. But my prayer is, can we find a solution that doesn't include the taking of an innocent human life? That's my prayer. Okay, because every human life is made in the image of God. How do Christians respond? Another issue. Let's talk about um, LGBTQ issues, same-sex marriage, for et cetera. Um, we know from Romans chapter one. We know from First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine. We know from First Timothy chapter one that the Scripture states repeatedly, clearly, specifically. Okay that same-sex sexual activity is sin, okay? Now, 70% of people in the United States support legal same-sex marriage, and, and that trend is going upward, okay? That, that's continuing to rise and to rise. And, and, and same-sex marriage has been legal in all of the United States since 2014, okay? Young people under the age of 12 in our country uh, they likely don't even remember a time when same-sex marriage was not legal and not the law of the land. So many of you know same-sex couples. If you're like me, you know people in your family that are gay. And, and you know that, that many in the LGBT community, they're good neighbors and they're good people and nice people. However, the Bible teaches us that this activity is not part of God's plan. Okay. So biblical values and cultural values here are completely at odds on this issue. Uh, a more complicated issue is transgender issues. Okay, uh, We know that uh, in the Bible, it's, it's not stated specifically in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9, if you look deeply into the, the Greek words, you can find allusions there. Uh, talking about uh, people that might be cross-dressing, that would not be appropriate. But uh, Genesis 1.27 teaches us that God created us male and female. That was the plan. God created us male and female. And we know that there are people who struggle with their maleness and femaleness. And there are people that aren't just trying to get attention. There are people that are legitimately struggling with this issue in their lives. Who, who did God create me as male and female? Uh, according to U.S. Uh, opinion, this is the Gallup poll from May of 2021. 66% of Americans favor 
allowing openly transgender men and women to serve in the military. Um, we live in a world that is groaning under the consequences and the weight of accumulated sin over the centuries. And I'm not surprised that, that there are people who physically and emotionally and mentally struggle with their own gender and how they fit into God's plan of being male and female, okay? Let's talk about one more issue, okay? You had enough issues? Let me give you one more, okay? Let's talk about cohabitation. Let's talk about living together in a sexual relationship before marriage in regards to heterosexual activity. You know, in regards to heterosexual activity, the, the only sexual activity that has God's blessing is sexual activity that happens when it, when it happens between one man and one woman within the lifetime commitment of marriage. That's the only sexual activity that has the blessing and protection of God. Hey, Hebrews 13, 4, okay? says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. And so there are two ways that the Bible classifies uh, sexual activity outside the marriage bed. Uh, if, you are, if you are married and you have consexual sex outside the marriage relationship in the Bible, that is classified as adultery. And if you are not married and you have sex outside the uh, uh, marriage bed, the Bible calls that the sin of fornication. Okay. That's how, that's, that's how the Bible classifies it. Just very clear, very, very straightforward there. However, if you're following public opinion, this is the Pew Center for Research, November, 2019 says 69%. Okay. Almost 70%. 69% of Americans think that it's acceptable for couples to live together even if the couple doesn't plan to marry, even if there are no plans for marriage at all, most Americans think it's good for people. It's acceptable for people to live together. Um, if you are younger than the age of 30, that number goes from 69% up to 78%. Uh, quite frankly, many people in this church go along with that and actually practice this. People in this church will live together before being married and uh, buying into the culture's idea that uh, I ought to try it before I buy it mentality. Or very commonly, uh, I hear this, you know, that if we get married, we're going to lose money. And in the fight of trying to serve two masters, God or money, we see which one has won, which one has become victorious in this issue. So if you hold to the biblical worldview, then, then, then let me give you some information. You are completely out of step with American culture. Do you get that? You're out of step with American culture. So how, how can we get the world to understand the blessing? How can we get the world to understand the peace that we find in trying to follow Jesus? How can we get the world to understand that we don't hate or shouldn't hate people that aren't living a biblical lifestyle? How do we respond to a culture that increasingly is embracing what the Bible describes as sin? Because let me tell you, you can quote the scriptures to them. You are not going to get anywhere. Okay. If they don't believe the authority of the word of God, you're not going to get anywhere. Just quoting scriptures. We're out of step with culture. Because in Christ, our focus is no longer this world. It's no longer this culture. Our focus is eternal. Our focus is Christ. So uh, John 15, this is the verse I want to start with. And there are quite a few verses today. In John 15, it says this, uh, in starting at verse 18. If the world hates you, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. So Christian values are different from cultural values. They have been since the time of Jesus. They will continue to be. They, they always will be. And so how do we respond to a world that is increasingly embracing what the Bible calls sin? Well, here's the first thing. And you can you have sermon notes in your bulletin if you want to use it. Really believe and follow Jesus. Know what you believe. Really believe and follow Jesus, not culture. Stand on a Jesus foundation. Can you make that the foundation of your life? Stand on that biblical foundation. You need to know where you are before you can show someone else the way. And so there's a core value that we have in Anastasia. We call it Jesus is the way. 
That's our first core value. Jesus is the way. Now, I'm tying these to core values for a reason. Um, Over the years, I've had people ask me, aren't you afraid of what the government is going to tell you you can preach and can't preach from this pulpit? And let me tell you, I'm not afraid. I never have been afraid. You know why? What happens because of freedom of religion and freedom of speech? This is what I say behind the pulpit is is some of the most protected speech in our country. Okay? And and just to test this, pastors uh, from all over this nation have have preached on controversial subjects. And and I know people say, well, they'll take away your tax-exempt status. Big whoop. Um, But, you know, uh, people and... But pastors, let me tell you, have, have, have... have gone and said, this is what I'm preaching on. I know the IRS doesn't like that, but here's the copy of my sermon. They send it to the IRS. IRS never challenges that, okay, because they know they'll lose in court and they don't have any, any, anything to replace it with, the, the current statutes and things like that. So I'm not worried about that. You know what I think is more likely? I believe because things are changing so rapidly in our country, I think what is more likely is that people in church... People in our church, because of the influence of culture, where we're not being salt and light in the world, but the the world is influencing church, that things are changing so fast that that it's it's not outside the realm of possibility before I retire that that they would say, Pastor Walter, we appreciate your years of service, but we have just realized that your preaching is out of date and thank you for what you have done and please don't let the door hit you on the way out. That's more likely. That's more likely unless we, as followers of Jesus, really commit to following Jesus and not culture. That is why we on staff, we talk about core values so much that Jesus is the way, the Bible is the map, disciple making is our mission, love is our greatest command, serving is our privilege, and every person is important. Because if we stay with those core values, then you're going to stay on that, on that road that's going to be uh, a biblical value road, a biblical worldview. See, it's about Jesus. Jesus is the only one to bring salvation. Titus chapter 2, that's the next scripture I want to share with you. Titus chapter 2, starting at verse 11, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Salvation is for everybody, okay? It's, it's available for everybody. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. In a sinful world, because of salvation, God is training us to live even, even when the culture is not holy. We're waiting for our blessed hope, it says in verse 13, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people. That's what he's doing with us in church. He's, he's, he, he's trying to purify us for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Church, if we want to respond appropriately to a culture that is embracing what the Bible calls sin, we have to embrace a biblical value. We have to embrace. We got to know who we're following. We need to know what we're committed to. We got to really believe and follow Jesus. And those are those two core values. Jesus is the way and the Bible is the map. Jesus is the way and the Bible is the map. Let me, let me give you another scripture. If we want to reach our culture, let me tell you, it's about the Great Commission. It's all about the gospel. In Matthew 28, Jesus is giving his final marching orders to the church before he goes up into heaven. He says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. This is what Jesus called us to do. This is our job on earth. Our job on earth is to make disciples. Okay, that is it. That is our job. It's gospel-centered. This is what Jesus called us to do. And we need to connect a culture that does not know Jesus with Jesus and make disciples. And that's what we do in connecting with a culture. And I'm here talking about uh, same-sex marriage issues in the middle of National Gay Pride Month in our country. Happy Father's Day, by the way. (laughs) What we do is we make disciples. That's the most important thing Jesus told his church to do. You know, you want to change this nation, stay focused on the mission. That's the next point. 
Stay focused on the mission. The most impactful way we can change culture is by influencing hearts, not laws, okay? It's about the heart. It's not just about the behavior. So that's that core value of, of understanding the disciple-making is our mission. You know what would transform a nation into a Christian nation? It's not putting everything in the Old Testament into our law code. That will not change our nation into a Christian nation. It's not a matter of what laws you put on the books. It's what person and savior you place into hearts. That's where it is. Okay, do you get that? We can mandate everything in the Bible and we will still be a nation of lost people without Jesus in our hearts. If we don't introduce Jesus in the hearts of the nation, our nation's lost. So we need to keep our response gospel-centered. Gospel-centered. You know what would make a nation a Christian nation? When in sincerity and in honesty, every knee would bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's how a nation is transformed. It doesn't happen when you pass a law. It happens when you share the gospel and 36 kids pray to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior for the first time. But that doesn't need to happen one week a year. It needs to happen this week and next week and the week after and the week after. And we need to share the gospel. And that's how we make a difference. We relate to a culture that is embracing sin by sharing Jesus. Sharing Jesus. Here's another way that we respond. Romans 6, 13. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Just, just do our part in attempting to live righteously. You know, part of disciple making is being an example. And we need to try as best we can to be the example that God calls, God calls us to be. Brothers and sisters, uh, let me just tell you, in a week where our national family of churches, we're part of an independent network of churches called the Southern Baptist Convention. And they met this past week. And in that past week, they had to deal with the fact that there was sexual abuse going on in churches and that, that there were people at the very highest levels of the national organization that were not bringing that to light. We're, we're covering that up so, so these people can move from church to church. And I want you to know, we have no reason as Christians to be self-righteous in living our lives. We have to be humble in reaching out. We need to be transparent and honest in our own failings. In humility, we need to understand that we need Christ daily to walk holy just as other people do. So in humility, we daily need Christ's forgiveness and we need his strength to overcome in sin. So we need to reach out in love. So the next point is this, in humility, we reach out to our culture in love. That's what we do. We reach out in love. John 13. I mean, the core value is this. Love is our greatest command. The greatest command of the Bible is to love, okay? A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I've loved you. You're also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. Jesus came, and Jesus came full of truth and grace. He gave all the truth, but he also gave all the grace, it's not like a pendulum where I'm going to give truth this day and grace this day. We give full-on truth and full-on grace every day. Full of truth, full of grace. Love is our greatest command. See, we're, we're sinners. All of us are sinners. And we live in a world of sinners and in a nation of sinners. And, and those that want to follow Christ or see that following Jesus Christ is an option, many of them will continue to struggle with sin there are going to be people that come to Christ and they're going to deal with an unwanted or unexpected pregnancy. There are people that come to Christ and they're going to deal legitimately with same-sex attraction. And there are people that are, are struggling with that inner turmoil, struggling with who they are in gender, trying to figure out how they fit into God's plan of maleness and femaleness. And just as we struggle with our own sins and our wicked habits, they struggle with theirs. And we struggle with our 
making our priorities God's priorities. Someone sent me an email years ago. And this was after I brought up same-sex marriage, our same-sex marriage and same-sex relationships in a message. And, and this was a college student, a young lady, and, and uh, she is a very straightforward email. And uh, she was asking me, I believe this is not a, a nasty email. I think this is just very heartfelt. And she said, Pastor Walter, do you believe that Jesus will save me straight? I know that Jesus can. I don't know in every case that Jesus will. Because on, on this earth, we all are living out Luke 9.23. You know what Luke 9.23 says? If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. And we're all about, we have to deny ourselves those urges that, that we're struggling with. And we all have our cross to bear. We have that cross we care. I don't know what your cross is. I don't know what other people's, but I know some people, they struggle with same-sex attraction. And being attracted to someone, that's a temptation. That's not a sin. Okay? But we all face our Luke 9, 23 struggles, denying ourselves and taking up our crosses daily and following them. Every person's cross is different. And so if we struggle, having been Christians a long, long time, you know, people that aren't yet following Jesus Christ, they're struggling as well. You know? And we need to reach out in humility and in love. And so I have this question for you. Are you loving others well? Are you loving this culture well? Are they seeing the love that Christ wants us to share with them well as we share the truth? Are you sharing the grace along with the truth? Because I, I think, church, we got to be better at showing love to others. They, they see the truth but they also sometimes see anger and protest over our love. And we got to reach out in love. Here's something else. This is from Matthew chapter five. This is the Sermon on the Mount. And starting at verse 14, Matthew chapter five, starting at verse 14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Church, you're the light of the world, okay? A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Our lost culture needs to see the light of Jesus. And God has called his church to go out and share that light. Okay, we need to go where they are. And that's why we say serving is our privilege. See, we go out and we share the gospel. We need to go out and engage our culture and, and, and serve and, and share with them Jesus because serving is our privilege. We get, to, we get to serve Jesus Christ. We get to be his hands and feet. And in practical ways, we get to show the love of God. And we serve in the name of Jesus. And we serve people who are gay and people who are straight. We serve people who are married and people who are living together. And, and while we're serving, we unapologetically and we compassionately share the love of grace and the truth that everyone can find in Jesus because every person needs Jesus. Every person is important. You are important to God. You know, if you're watching online and you're gay, let me tell you, Jesus died for you. People who are transgender, Jesus died for you. If you've had an abortion, Jesus died for you. He loves you. He wants you to have a relationship with him. Just as Jesus who died for those people who don't deal with these issues, okay? But we have our own. You know, the Bible says that God loves all of us. And that's what I want you to know. If you're part of this culture and you're embracing some of these concepts that culture is, is sharing that go against the Bible, let me tell you, I don't agree with where your stance is because I'm following Jesus Christ and Jesus is the way. And the Bible is the map in my life. It's been great. But let me tell you, I don't know if I can ever convince you of anything. But I do know this. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He died for you. For God so loved the world, a lost world, that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. There are always going to be issues. You know, you could, have, you could ask me a hundred more issues in 20 years. The issues may be totally different, okay? 
But these issues keep coming at us like a never-ending parade of high-speed freight trains. I mean, they just keep coming and coming and coming and coming. You want to respond to a culture that embraces sin? Show everyone that we find our true identity. Not in my sexuality. Not in my job. I find my identity not in my bank account. I find my true identity in Jesus Christ. And embrace those core values of faith, okay? That Jesus is the way, the Bible's the map. Disciple making is our mission. Love is our grace command. Serving is our privilege and every person is important. And even if I live them out fully, my identity does not come from sinless perfection. My identity comes from the fact that Jesus Christ saved me. He died on the cross for me. My identity in yours is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. So my question for you, church, is this. Can you go out those doors and share Jesus? We can't change culture. Only the Holy Spirit can when hearts and lives are changed. But he can in his power. Will you share Jesus, the real power that will make a difference? And if you don't know him, would you trust in him today? It will be the best decision you've ever made in your entire life. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you so much for your power. Lord, I thank you that, that you can turn a world upside down. And Lord, I pray for someone in this room that might be struggling with gender issues, same-sex issues, or sexuality issues, or, or Lord, whatever it might be. I pray for someone in here that might have had an abortion in the past. And Lord, I pray that, that they would feel your redeeming love in a very powerful way. Lord, uh, as we gather here, Lord, we confess we are all sinners. None of us earns the right to go to heaven. It's only by your mercy and grace. And Lord, I pray if there's someone that's in desperate need of your mercy and grace this morning, Lord, that they would call out to your name. Lord, that they would seek you. And that, Lord, they would feel the power of your Holy Spirit washing over them with cleansing and forgiveness. Lord, I pray that you'd be with our culture, Lord. That as we reach out, Lord, that there would be responsive hearts that would understand the love. And, and Lord, give us the wisdom to share your love and your power, your truth in just the right way. And Lord, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Um, we're coming to a time of invitation. And I, I, if God's calling you to respond, I invite you. If you'd like to be a member of this church, what we're trying to do is we're trying to help people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus. You're welcome to join us on this journey. Just come forward during the song, say, I want to be a member. Maybe you need to trust in Jesus as your Lord. Say, I've made that decision. I'm going to trust in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what issues you're dealing with. If you come forward, say, I want Jesus in my life. We'll help you make those next steps of faith. Or maybe you've already made that and you want to present yourself for baptism. We have beach baptism next week. If you want to do that. Uh, you come forward during this song. As we stand and as we sing, if the Lord's calling you, you come. I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed. His name to bear. Savior, no other one could love me.
Church, as we depart, receive your blessing from God's word. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Go out now and be a light shining before others, that brings glory to your Father in heaven. And all God's people who pledged to do so said, Amen. Amen.